this is Nancy Miller with My Creative Life, and today I have a special guest, Sumam, who was a graduate student in my digital solutions class at um, Savannah College of Art and Design in the e-learning program. So, Sumam, thank you so much for being on my podcast. Hi, Nancy. Thank you so much for having me on this amazing podcast. I'm really excited to talk about art. <laughs> oh, great. Well, I was especially interested in having you because you are very strong with digital art and um, you have a painting background and you're really interested in doing video games and concept art. Um, I could see how you especially did a great job with portraiture and the concept illustration project that we had. Uh, you really knocked it out of the park, so to speak. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with these projects uh, because my, my background, like you said, is in painting. Um, portraiture is one of the first like things I practiced when it come, when it came to uh, painting uh, and drawing. So uh, and a, a lot of that inspiration also came from my dad. So having that influence really helped me like you know uh, practice more and maintain my um, my techniques and, and, and working methods uh, with with painting. Oh, wonderful. Can you tell um, the audience a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure, yeah. So um, I was born in Mosul, Iraq, uh, 1990, um, but um, I didn't stay in Iraq for a long time. I left uh, to go live elsewhere with my family um, in 1996. Uh, we went to live in Qatar, in Doha, Qatar. Um, and so I stayed there basically all my life. I grew up there, um, graduated from high school in 2010. And then after that, I went to uh, Virginia Commonwealth University, the branch that is in Qatar, uh, to do my BFA in uh, painting and printmaking. Mm. And, and then I graduated from that uh, in 2015. And now I am here at CAD. <laughs> oh. Hopefully graduating soon. <laughs> I know that's exciting that you're working on your thesis and um, it's been really amazing watching you as you post the work that you've been doing on your thesis and just how it's progressing. So I think that's beneficial for me being a an MFA student as well. And I'm about, I would say at least a year behind you, but seeing your thought process and how you come up with your ideas for it, it's been really great. Yeah, it's very helpful. I think, you know, the fact that we post online to see each other's work makes it so much easier for, for us to, to understand, like, the process that we're going through and the work that we're going through. And it makes it easier for us to communicate as well, like we're doing now. So it's really awesome. And, like, it, it really social media really br brings everyone together. So it makes it so much easier. Yes. And um, I just, I thought it was so cool how, if it's okay if I wanted to mention, like, you know, that you were using these images. I saw like the one with Vincent van Gogh, Leonardo da Vinci, and then incorporating the Mona Lisa into these characters that you were designing and uh, how you were integrated. There was almost like, it's a very um, kind of a sci-fi feel with the robotic parts to like, uh, like the Mona Lisa and things like that. I thought that was really intriguing. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, Mona Lisa and the whole idea of the Renaissance kind of atmosphere um, is something I grew up with learning, like in terms of painting and drawing. And I knew I wanted to include that into my video game concept idea because uh, that was my background. And one of my favorite artists is Leonardo da Vinci and Vincent van Gogh. And the, the fact that they're, they contrast so much in visually with their work is the, one of the main reasons why I wanted to include them uh, in, my, in my video game idea because of the visual
visual their visual aesthetic um and i wanted to kind of create an atmosphere in in my uh, video game so that it can also in a way uh, inform players who maybe have no interest in visual arts or like no interest like in, in historical informational backgrounds about these artists but at the same time help them learn how, how these artists work and how these artists painted uh, to create their own worlds and that was the, the idea behind uh, how, how I got the idea to do my video game it was actually after watching the movie um, Loving Vincent when every oh, frame awesome. was hand painted mm-hmm. and I really like that movie really inspired me so much to create this video game idea to have it be an interactive experience for players to actually create worlds based on the the artists that they like or based on the style that they like um, and so yeah and th- that's why I went forward with this idea for my thesis oh wow it's that's amazing and I love Loving Vincent as well I thought that was beautifully done and I was just like floored when I watched it for the first time I was like oh this is amazing and just the number of paintings I was like I couldn't imagine I mean I know they had an army of people doing that but that is a lot of work yeah I think it has like over 100 artists working on it and it's really incredible how they managed to animate it um I was amazed by just like every shot like and I could watch that movie over and over again I can't get tired of it because you can just freeze any moment and just appreciate the work in it. And it's just, that's just a really incredible. And it's something that hasn't been done before. So. Yes, yes, that's amazing. So I was wanting you to maybe bring up, because I thought it was, it's, I saw on Instagram, you posted one of your father's, I think, uh, paintings. Uh, I was like, oh my gosh, that is so, I mean, it was amazing. I was like, is that, I mean, from your did you always know because of your father that that was something you wanted to pursue was an art career? Uh, yeah, in a way I did because when I grew up and uh, oh, but before we moved to Qatar, yeah. we were in Jordan uh-huh. and uh, my dad had a studio there as well, like a big studio. And I, I was really young, uh, I think I was around five years old and I would just paint in his studio, like just randomly um, pick up a brush and paint on canvas, uh-huh. whatever he has left around, he wow. would give to me. And over time, like most of his like artist friends would come over and see my paintings and they would say like, this is really amazing work. And I had no idea what was going on because I was just like a, like a kid just painting, you know, whatever, uh-huh. just mixing colors and paint. And um, so they were basically like abstract uh, paintings. And so my dad, like he noticed these things because he understands like, uh-huh. you know, visually what is good, like visual art. So he, he actually kept all of my painting. Oh. And as I grew up, he... He just like he, he showed them to me like again and like maybe kind of appreciate myself what uh-huh. I did back then and so from then on that's when I like when I started to mature more with with art I started to understand like how much impact it has on me and how much I've come with it and so that's why I decided to continue to to, to pursue that through like middle school and high school to kind of keep developing myself and take it more seriously uh-huh. um, to, to my own and you know into my own lifestyle basically. So yeah, it all started from like basically from there wow. back in 1995. Wow, that's amazing because I saw the picture of your dad's work and my, and my jaw dropped. I was like, oh my gosh, your dad's really good. I mean, it's like, so you're understandably uh, doing beautiful work too. But I mean, that kind of early influence, I teach high school students uh, visual arts, well, primarily animation and graphic design. And the ones who do excel at it, it's not anything that I've brought to the table. They already kind of had it. You know, somebody influencing them 
very early on in their family, they can trace it back to like, well, it was my mom or it was my dad, and they had an interest in art. Yeah, yeah, I, and I think family influence is a big part of it, I think, for me, because um, also my, my grandfather, he's also a painter, and he oh, painted wow. landscapes and impressionistic paintings, so that that's also in the family, and um, my mom is a graphic designer as well, so oh, I wow. learned so much from her when it comes to like uh, simplifying, designing, um, understanding that part, and so is my sister. My sister is also really? a graphic designer, so it's kind of like, it just runs in the family, really. Okay, so and, um, wow. we're always having these kind of, you know, fun arguments between art and design. Wow. <laughs> but uh, like, it's just for fun. We, we, uh-huh. we all agree that you know, at the end of the day, it's all art that comes together, both design and fine art. So, um, so yeah, that, that, that's, that's how, that's how it run, things run in my family. Oh, wow. That would have been so much fun growing up in that kind of atmosphere where you're encouraged to do the art, you know, to that extent. Because a lot of times... You know, I come from a very um, kind of grew up a traditional but Americanized um, Asian household and art wasn't really like their first choice for a career. (laughs) They were like, are you sure you couldn't become an engineer like the rest of your cousins? (laughs) Or you think you could at least, you know, or if you're going to, you know, they just um, later on, you know, they kind of just accepted with it because they kind of was going to keep going with that. But yeah, that's awesome that you had that encouragement. Yeah, I, I totally understand you because I have so many friends as well who also came from a similar background uh-huh. where art wasn't really the first choice. But the, I think these were the ones when they decide they want to do art, regardless of their like background, that's, I think, the pure dedication because they really want to do it no matter what. And I think that's the beauty of it is that even though it's so much hard work for them, they're still chasing it because that's what they love to do. And that, that gives even more value in my opinion. So really respect that. Right. So like if you had to choose, cause I, you know, you're, you do traditional, you do digital. Do you, do you have a favorite type? I mean, is there like, if you really had to like, if you could only work in this one, um, whether it's painting or digital, is there a certain preference that you would have? Um, well, currently I'm really enjoying digital, um, but I feel like nothing can replace traditional no matter what happens. Um, like every now and then when I would do a traditional piece, I'm reminded of the value of it. And it kind of saddens me a bit because I tend to drift off doing more digital work mm-hmm. uh, because I'm, I'm also enjoying the digital work, but it's just that it, it kind of like takes me away from that traditional medium and working with the brush and you know, either on a campus or on a board. It's mm-hmm. a completely different feeling. And having, like, having that balance between both, I think, is very crucial and important um, to, to build yourself as an artist and to be more self-aware. Um, so for me, the challenge is to basically, like, I I can't really choose between this or that, but because currently I'm doing digital art, I'm going to lean more towards digital art because of my current work that I'm doing right now. Gotcha. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about your digital setup? Because I think that's interesting to hear, like, what are you using? Are you a Mac or PC person? Are you, I think I saw that you had a, um, a Cintiq that you were using for your digital work. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I do use a Cintiq, a Wacom Cintiq uh, tablet. Um, been using this for a while now. Um, 
Before that, oh, I, I also used the Wacom um, Intuos. I think it was called Intuos 4. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's like when you have the, when you're drawing on the tablet in front of you and then it's reflected on the screen. Uh, but the Cintiq gets you up more close and personal with the drawing. So you can kind of like, you feel like you're more involved with the drawing because you're drawing directly at the screen. Um, so that's what I'm using right now, the Cintiq. Um, I'm, I'm using my PC mm-hmm. as well. To run the software that I use, which okay. is Corel Painter, I like to work oh, on that software a lot. Okay. Um, because Painter provide Painter feels like you know like an old school program that's like very basic to like just painting or drawing. Uh-huh. Um, none of the photo manipulation stuff like Photoshop and things like oh. that. So I tend to kind of rely more on on that software. I really do enjoy it a lot, uh, and the variety of brushes that it has and uh-huh. um, the different effects, things like that really fun to use um for my for the work that i do um so yeah that, that's basically what i'm using oh okay i didn't know that because um i really like that joker por- portrait you did so that was done oh, in corel painter yeah that was on corel painter yeah oh it really looks like like it's traditional like i mean like i mean with some things you can you know with some illustrators you can tell it's more digital but i like that you keep an aesthetic that feels like it's traditionally based yeah the the idea was to yeah like you said bringing a traditional feel to Mm -hmm. digital painting is a big deal for me because that's that's who i am with my painting and it's like my identity when it comes to painting like if i don't have that traditional look to it then it won't Mm -hmm. feel like my work so it'll feel like something else so i have to kind of I feel like I'm always doing that without even thinking about it. I just do it um, like automatically in my head when I'm when I'm like setting up the like I would even yeah. like, it's, it's, I would do things that you don't really have to do digitally. Uh-huh. Like if if I were to like prepare a canvas uh-huh. like traditionally, I would layer it with gesso or put some paint for the background, and I would do that digitally as well. But I don't, I'm not even required to do that because digitally you can just fill it up with like a bucket, paint bucket or whatever. Uh-huh. But I still like the the labor and the the act of actually doing manual work uh-huh. on the canvas before I start painting, just to make it feel like it's like an authentic traditional um, surface that I'm working on, uh-huh. even though it's digital. Gotcha. So things like that gets me in the you know in the mood to actually start drawing and painting digitally. Gotcha. Well, that's a great tip to know about because I mean I like I think it just looks better when you do like the like almost like a with uh, when I work in Photoshop and that's what I've been doing and I have not actually really used Corel Painter, but you're kind of motivating me and inspiring me to look into that. But like, I like having that underpainting, almost like a value, you know, doing the value studies, then painting over it just feels, it looks, it just looks better. Yeah. Like, um, because, because my background in painting, um, is like learning from academic art. So like understanding, uh, to, to, to do the line work first, understand the shadow shapes, blocking in the shadow shapes and all of that. So when I'm doing it digitally, I'm doing I'm following the same process basically from traditional work. So like I would have um, I would sketch out the line work of the of my figure if I'm doing a figure, and I would think about the direction of the light where it's coming from, where the shadow shapes are going to be, and basically once I have all of that foundation laid out, then I can go crazy with it digitally uh, no matter what. Okay. But that foundation for me, that beginning steps mm-hmm. is 
I think is essential for me to, because that that came from my traditional background. Ah. If it wasn't from my traditional background, I would not have had that kind of you know foundation for for my drawing and painting. Gotcha. And I didn't have this on my questions originally, but this brings up because for your thesis, then are you gonna? So do they require? Because I haven't looked into this yet, but are you gonna like print out your digital um your work and then have it on canvas, or are you gonna have it printed on? like just paper or like what would be you know because I know it's for video games but it's very I mean it's it's it has a fine art quality about it so it's kind of like oh it'd be so neat to see them printed or you know on canvas or something like that you know so is that something that or will you just present just digital you know pieces for for your final I just was I was wondering about that um, for, for the nature of the work, because it's concept art, yes. for the most part, you don't usually you know, have those printed out. Uh -huh. But uh, like you said, some some of them, they they would feel like uh, they could be printed on something. Like even, even, even if you have like, um, you know, a shot of a figure with a background or interacting with another figure, those would look good if they were printed. So yes. well, because I'm also doing things like assets and props and etc., oh, gotcha. um, I might not consider printing out everything, mm -hmm. but I would... I would probably consider printing out some of them um, on different surfaces and see how that would look like. I think that would be very interesting uh, to see. Um, but yeah, but I generally, I don't. I'm not thinking of of them in like printed format, more just digital uh, at the, at the stage. Oh, okay, gotcha. So I was wondering, like, um, as far as your future goals, like. Um, after you finish um, with your uh, master's degree, could you tell tell us a little bit about what where you want to go as far as career direction and, and things like that? Sure, yeah. Um, I'm, like I mentioned before to you uh, that I'm, I'm very interested in teaching because mm -hmm. I love the idea of teaching. And I wanted that um, to, to, to go more into that as a career for mm -hmm. my future. Gotcha. Uh, to be involved in an, in, in an artistic uh, school and like just to learn from like the students around you and the teachers. To be in that environment constantly is a priority for me Okay. because I don't want to be detached from that environment. I uh -huh. want to always be in that environment and work in that environment. So for me, being a professor allows me to be that, to allow me to teach and at the same time to learn from the students around me how they create art. And, and, and that's something that's like magical that you can't really control because art is just like, you know, it can be anything. And so... Having that, being in that environment, I think is very important for me to keep me like sane and sure. like kind of keep me motivated being mm -hmm. around people like that. So that's that's where I see my my career going in the future. Um, I'm also interested in um, working as a concept artist, but not as much as being a professor, mm -hmm. in my opinion, which is one of the main reasons why I pursued my MFA, MFA okay. degree as well for that. Oh, okay. Can I ask you why you chose um, a SCAD? I was just curious, you know, because um, you're a very talented artist. I'm sure there would have been a lot of other schools and places that you could go to. I was just curious why you uh, selected SCAD. Um, SCAD was recommended to me by my under one of my undergrad professors, and okay. that was back in, uh, in Qatar, in BCU. And he told me that um, after graduating from ECU, I should apply to SCAD uh -huh. to, to learn more about illustration because he noticed how much I like to do illustrations and uh -huh. working with like, um, concept art and things like that. And he told me um, SCAD is one of the best schools for illustration, so you should definitely apply to it. And immediately, I just 
got mm-hmm. the, got his, his advice and uh-huh. I went online and I applied for SCAD. So yeah, that's that's how basically it started. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I was just curious. Like I went from my undergrad in illustration at SCAD, but this was like mm-hmm. twenty years ago. So. I always, it's, yeah, it's changed a lot, which has changed for the better. I feel like they've really embraced, like, a lot of the technology aspects of um, just digital art, digital workflow, and all these other disciplines at SCAD, so that's been really nice, and so even in the uh, e-learning classes, I have, you know, people who aren't illustration majors, and they're, they're more likely to be um, students in other majors and just taking it as elective. So you kind of get a different perspective and some of them are animation, some of them graphic design. So it's kind of nice to hear from other disciplines, like, you know, how would they use this illustration? Maybe in a way that I hadn't really thought about it because of kind of thinking more traditional forms of illustration markets. Yeah. The scan also, I mean, in, in our illustration department, uh-huh. what I noticed is that it's really great in terms of freedom. Uh-huh. Like um, being being an illustrator, you're open to do several things, and SCAD's really good at like showing you that in, in like in our illustration department. Uh-huh. So having having that freedom is something that I could relate to with like my fine artwork. Uh-huh. So that's why I don't feel like I am so far away from like my painting background and my mm-hmm. fine art background coming into illustration because I feel like they connect together really well. Uh, when it comes to, I mean, not looking at like the markets and things like sure. that, but looking at more of the freedom of create, you know, creating your own work, and that's what I that's what I wanted to bring. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was also wanted to learn about you know what is illustration mm-hmm. because back home in Qatar, illustration is like looked at in a very general way, mm-hmm. whereas um, over here there's more branches into illustration. Mm-hmm. So like you have like the different um, markets like uh, illustration for like movies or posters or magazines or editorial things like that whereas back there at home mm-hmm. it's more more about like if you're a designer you're kind of also like oh. an illustrator so everything is kind of generalized there okay. as like a designer so if you're a designer you're also an illustrator automatically things like that oh. so having coming here to the u.s and seeing that perspective of illustration how how many opportunities there are individually in these different subcategories of illustration it was a really amazing for me i, I just learned that my mind I was like wow I didn't know that <laughs> so for me that was a great ex- learning learning experience for sure uh, seeing the differences in illustrations here in the US um, but yeah um, it's, it's it just keeps keeps uh, amazing me every day so really oh. enjoying it <laughs> so um, since you said you were going to want to be a professor I was curious so you did did you do your internships in teaching then with um, in a classroom I mean for you know, for SCAD, I was just curious about that because that's something I'm looking into now. Oh yeah, because um, because um, MFA required to do two internships, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the first one I did was um, as a TA with uh, one of one of the professors in SCAD for uh-huh. illustration. So I did that, and so for my second internship, I'm planning to actually teach a class. Uh, oh. But that I'm planning to teach that class back in. Um, BCU in Qatar so cool. they have um, like summer courses they do uh-huh. there so hopefully um, you know when things c- c- clear down now yeah. from this virus ep- epidemic yes. that's happening yes. uh, we can go back there and uh, you know hopefully teach a class there so hopefully oh. things go well wow that's that's really cool that you um, are thinking about doing that and 
I don't know. I was like looking into that. And so um, I'm, I'm fairly practical when it comes to, because I would like to do maybe teach as an adjunct or something like that at a college or university. And when I've talked yeah. to other people who are professors, they've said things in the foundation. So if you teach foundations, they said you're more likely to get hired because there's always a need for the the foundations. They're like, well, a drawing class or a 2D design or a 3D design class, you're going to get a broader range of majors and they're required to take it. <laughs> so getting hired for yeah. those positions and having experience. And so, um, so, yeah, I was thinking about maybe like TAing for a drawing, some kind of drawing for illustration class so that I could be able to say, oh, well, I've had that experience, you know, teaching, Definitely. you know. Yeah, it's really worth it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you, you'll, be just, you'll just be so amazed by how, like seeing yeah. that progress change from yeah. like the beginning of the class till the end of the class and seeing like how the students' motivation changes, uh-huh. how their, how they, um, how their work, like, just, you know, changes over time it's really amazing like to see so that's great and you can only experience that when you see it it's hard to describe by words <laughs> yes i mean i you know i and i get it though because what you're saying because when i look at just my you know the group of us who are in this online drawing for illustrators class and you see everybody's work from yeah. beginning to end you're like wow we made some serious leaps here <laughs> so it's like i made leaps in my work <laughs> composition is something i struggle with and if i got to find an elective that addresses that because that's a real hard thing for me and i was like and the last project we did um i did kind of like a movie poster style like uh drew struzen type of um design for this piece and i was like oh it was so hard <laughs> i did it like three times i was like <laughs> I, I know I can get this. Let me try one more time. And it still wasn't there, but it wasn't, you know, it was finished, but it wasn't perfect, but at least it got a lot better than the beginning. And I was like, normally I would have probably maybe like said, oh, the first one's good. But I just, my professor was just like, you know, you could come up with a better solution. Have you looked at this? And yeah, so yeah, definitely, you know, when you, when, I think the graduate level classes, uh, they're just, you know, it is what a person puts into it to a certain extent. You know, you go like, well, the professor said 10 hours. I think I ended up putting 20 hours at least minimum per week because it was just like, otherwise it just wasn't going to look like what I wanted to turn in. And so it just, but it made it because the professor had very high expectations. You you knew you were going to have to like go the extra mile to get it to where you wanted yeah, it to definitely. be. So yeah, so that's yeah. good. So definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes me excited about teaching at the college level. Um, with mostly, you know, people who are interested and motivated in studying the arts. Yeah, being in that environment, like, around students who are actually engaged in, like, drawing and painting and, like, just talking with them and seeing how they approach their work, it just, like, creates a whole new environment to, like, you know, be part of and just to explore and enjoy. Because that's the nice thing about art is that it's always full of surprises and... You never know how people approach it from different angles, different ways. Mm-hmm. And you're constantly learning. That's the beauty of it. You're always learning. Do you have a preference on what kind of classes you'd be interested in te- teaching at the college level? Um, no, not really. Um, I enjoy teaching um, classes that are rely on mostly drawing or free drawing, uh, painting as well. Um, 
something that I'm familiar with so I can, so I can know mm -hmm. I can teach it and talk about it and discuss it with the students. Um, the funny thing is mm -hmm. that even in my undergrad, uh, like in my studio classes, I would like go around helping my friends and my colleagues with like their paintings and things like that. And they would tell me like things like, oh, you should become a teacher. You should become a and I'm thinking mm -hmm. to myself like, but I'm not doing anything different. I'm just like, you know, just helping you guys out. Like this is what, this is what we're all doing. Mm -hmm. But they say like they like they're part of the reason why they most motivated me to also become a teacher is because of how helpful I like to be with like making people understand certain things if they're struggling with mm -hmm. something and like especially with painting. And so knowing that knowing that I can do that is something great. Like it feels great for me to like being able to like help someone to understand that and like get feedback from them and understand how they do it. So that's part of the reason why it motivated me to, to teach. So I would say either something related to painting or drawing would uh -huh. be my preference for sure when it comes to teaching because that's like where my where my uh, strength is at. Oh, that's great because I think like the biggest thing is, like you said, explaining things to people. So like I've, I've realized after this is my 11th year teaching and I've taught K kindergarten up to... 12th grade now and it's it's how you oh. explain it to people and when you have to explain something like an art concept and you you know to get your students to understand it you're like if you can explain it to you know somebody of this age level or understanding and comprehension and it's doing and showing and them applying it like you said it gets really exciting because you go like oh did you see like you were here but then you brought it up to here because you applied these techniques so and the students get a lot of satisfaction too, so. Yeah, it's nice seeing their reactions for sure. Yeah, and I agree. Like the biggest thing I now is going back after all these years, it's it's the critiquing. You know, I did not realize, like I used to hate critiques. I used to dread them. You know, it's like that being put on the, on the spot, so to speak. But now it's just like, oh, they're so invaluable. Like if you want to get better, it's like I think I had to go to the point where I didn't feel self-conscious about being in a critique now I'm just like let it fly let it rip because I want to know how to get better and if you we yeah. all when as an artist I feel like you know you wouldn't do things you know even with my students I go like you wouldn't do these things if you knew that there were other options to make it better we we as artists you know you're like oh I didn't realize I had this tangent going on right here well if if somebody tells you and then you adjust and fix it it's going to look so much better because it's having those extra set of experienced eyes artistically that you get that feedback so um I have been so fortunate because I don't know if you remember Catalina she was in our digital illustration class she was in my drawing for oh, illustrators yes. class oh she's such a good painter she she and you guys were definitely like um well and then there were so many other people really talented but um I think as far as like like oil painting of more of that kind of painting um she's very strong at that so she was able to give, um, and drawing really great too. So she would like, I'd just be like, what do you think of this outside of class? <laughs> Cause I would just Instagram message her and then she would give me feedback. And that is so helpful when you are on tight deadlines and you are under the gun and you're trying to get that to that level. It was, it was wonderful. I appreciated it so much. Yeah, it's definitely helpful. That, that kind of like, conversation back and forth is, yes. is, is what's so important because then because 
when you're working on something and you you know you have your own perspective to it, you, you need other perspectives to look at your work so that you, you can see things that you didn't see before. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way it's gonna happen is through critiques. Yes. If you're if you're if other people are not gonna comment and, you know, tell you what they think and even not just not just even artists, but like even people who have no experience in art, hearing their feedback it can be just as important as hearing like artists' feedback as well because they see things that artists might not even consider, and mm-hmm. you're like, wow, okay, I never thought about it this way. And usually, usually that's the case for me when I get feedback from people that have no interest in art, it mm-hmm. surprises me even more, and I'm like, that's really amazing. Like I didn't think about that. <laughs> so it's definitely crucial, I think. I I, I tend to. Also, like when I do my work, I would send it to my friends and ask them what they what they think, and I just get so many different replies. It's just amazing, and I'm like, wow! Like getting all these feedbacks and putting them together to think how I can improve for next time. It's just amazing, really. Like getting getting the different um, the, the different perspectives, mm-hmm. which is really great. Yeah, and I feel like as an artist, you're constantly evolving and learning. Like it never surprises me like I thought I really understood this concept but then like one of my students will say something well did you think about could this you know we'll be critiquing all their work and they'll be like well did they think about doing this and I'm like oh that is such a good idea I did not think of that I was like oh my goodness and they're just learning and so and so it's constantly just yeah they're I'm always surprised I totally agree with you on that yeah it's really, really amazing. This is why it was part of the reason why I also wanted to be part of that environment, just, uh-huh. just so that I can be like surprised, you know, constantly being surprised by different outcomes and different ways of doing things. Because there's, there's never really a right way to do art. So mm-hmm. that's the nice thing about it. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like now I realize um, I used to feel like it was supposed to be like this competitive thing with my fellow students, which is totally not. Now I look at it as like, I'm competing with myself. I'm competing with the per- the artist I was six months ago, and I want to be better than oh, yeah. that person. I want to be able to say yeah. that I've grown. And uh, when people compliment me now, they're like, they go, your drawing has gotten better since you did. And I was like, thank you. The work shows all those hours that I put into drawing. It's paying off. And so I take it now as like, oh, thank you for that compliment. Like all that, yeah, that effort and that time, you know, it's showing my work. And I feel like, you know, it just, I I feel like now, like because of that lack of confidence in myself, like I could have made so many more leaps and bounds like all these years ago. And if I would have like, been able to say hey this is what you know is going to get me to where I want to be at I would have I'd be so much better than I am today I go like oh my gosh I could have you know so it's a learning experience you know better learn learn it late than never so it's it's all good absolutely yeah it's like you 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 wouldn't know unless you went through all of this so the Mm -hmm. whole process you know of getting from point a to point b is not going to happen overnight it's going to take you know, years, you know, months. It's just, it's a, it's a really, really a learning process. Like discovering more about yourself, really, like your identity, uh-huh. your work, and all of that. And that comes. There's no way it's gonna come like so quickly. That just, uh-huh. that just has to take its time. You know, you know, that's that's how it's, that's how you know it's valuable and it's true because you 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 grow gradually. You know, mm-hmm. you don't grow like that at once. So you see that for over the years, you look back. Mm-hmm. Maybe a couple of months back, and you see the difference in your work. You're like, my God, like, how far have I come? You know, 
So it's just the idea of really maintaining practice mm-hmm. really goes a long way. Yeah, and I was wondering, how do you do that? Because you're grinding out your thesis, and I saw you post something that it looked like it was a personal project. So, like, amongst all these other things that you're doing for your thesis, how do you keep yourself motivated to do, like, personal work? I mean, I feel like, you know, because you're, you know, you want to get your MFA, how do you make, how do you stay motivated to do stuff like that? Um. I, I basically don't, I don't think of it as work. I just uh-huh. think of it as like something fun to do. Okay. So that's how I look at, that's how I interpret things really. Uh-huh. Like even generally in my life, uh-huh. <laughs> I, I have like, you know, I don't you know like to think of stuff in a serious manner. I'm mm-hmm. always, always thinking things in a more playful manner. And okay. that's how I always approach my work. Um, like as, as serious as some of my work can be, like I have like more of a, kind of a crazy personality like, <laughs> person so like I, that contrast i feel is what you know is what keeps me going and motivates me like when, when i look at something visually beautiful that yeah. i like uh-huh. i like to interpret it from my own perspective and, and that would be through painting or drawing uh-huh. so i always th- think to myself how would i draw that how would i paint that uh from my view and i just i just start doing it uh-huh. like you know digitally and see what turns out okay you know, I don't put too much thought into it because I feel like if I think too much about something, Uh it would ruin that surprise Uh element, which is like the final outcome. Uh And I like going into things kind of blind and not knowing what Uh will happen. Just go with the flow and work that way. Uh That's usually how I like to approach my paintings. Wow, that's great. I mean, like I regret, that's another thing that I want to be better about, like I would sporadically have personal projects and I think that is key to keep you in being spontaneous and being passionate about art and keep moving you forward because I was so busy like trying to do oh I've got this freelance job and I'm doing this freelance job or it's a different mindset when you're working for a client and you're doing it for just purely the money so to speak yeah, and yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. And, you kind of get a little burned out and you end up doing things artistically that you're not that excited about because it was based on the money you were getting. And so I definitely want to do more personal projects, just things that I'm excited about and learn. I want to learn more about because it just keeps me passionate about just making and being artistic and whether it's digitally, you know, making a pattern or drawing something or sketching it out. Like, I am embarrassed to say this. I I always would start like I've got a zillion sketchbooks. I would start them and never fill them all the way because I'd get so caught up in like, oh, this perfectionist idea or I just couldn't let go that it's just really putting down a thought. And oh, yeah. yeah, this um this school year I finally I just filled it. I was just like just kept going and I just kept filling that sketchbook. Now most of it looks horrible, but it was just like just the idea of playing it, like sandboxing it, like you're saying, like it's that idea of just like having fun with it and not being so caught up in like it's for a job or this is for, you know, this client. And it was really nice. It felt like it went by in an instant filling that sketchbook. Yeah, it's it's a nice liberating feeling um, because when you're, I feel like even when I'm working like with a client and like say... Yeah. We're doing a certain yeah. project for like uh-huh. a children book or something, okay. doing illustrations yeah. for that. Um, there's always, 
the, the, well, the people that I worked with yeah. is that the nice thing about it is that they kind of let me do what I want to do when it comes to like the visuals and stuff oh, like that. So, nice. uh, like if we're doing it for a certain age group, you know, it should look in a certain way and all that stuff. Yeah. But I still tend to take liberties with that. Like uh-huh. I don't uh, limit myself to thinking, okay, it only has to look this way, it only has to look this way. There's, a, I would like say experiment with it and do something that. I would try to consider, I would kind of in a way try to treat it like it's a fine art painting, uh-huh. but it's not. Uh-huh. And in, my, in, the back, in the back of my head, I just keep it spontaneous as much as possible. And I think uh-huh. that mentally going into it that way uh, yeah. makes the process more fun to, uh-huh. to, to, to do this kind of like something you'd consider like a labor work or something that uh-huh. you'd consider like, um, you know, like just an illustration for a children's book. But uh-huh. I don't see it that way. I see it more as a... I treat it more as like a fine art approach in my head. And that, that mm-hmm. goes back to my traditional kind of yeah. background, painting background. Mm-hmm. So and that, that, that's how I have fun with it. Because mm-hmm. if I think of it like as a more structural thing, mm-hmm. and it's very like, you know, I mean, obviously it's going to have to look a certain way. You're going to yeah. have to like understand what the client wants yeah. and all of that. So you have that stuff in there. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you try to have fun with it in your own way by adding yeah. your own twist to it, you know depending on the flexibility of the of the project yeah yeah definitely well that was very insightful thank you for sharing that yeah of course and then i was wondering if you could go back in time and uh kind of give yourself a tip early on in your art career or your art journey um at this point in your life what would that be Definitely make more connections with people. <laughs> like knowing more people, uh-huh. like especially in the art field, yeah. um, whether it's like curators, uh-huh. art collectors, um, clients from different companies yeah. who are looking for illustrators. And, you know, like just the more people you know, uh-huh. the better you'll be connected and uh-huh. you'll have more opportunities that way for sure. Like you'll you'll get opportunities without even like realizing it <laughs> so and knowing know, knowing more people and and staying connected with, with people constantly is a really big help and the social media mm-hmm. does help with that a lot so take take advantage of that basically I, it's something i wish i would have done back then more mm-hmm. often but back then i didn't really use social media that much so mm-hmm my communication was limited to people mm-hmm. um growing up and you know doing art mm-hmm. um, but definitely yeah like going to these art events and things like that and just just talking with people you know it just opens opens so many opportunities without even you realizing it so it's really really nice that's true i mean i got to be a lot less shy i was painfully shy in college and and then i went into graphic design and freelance illustration for about 10 years and then I went into teaching and about that same time I went into teaching um it's towards the end of my graphic design and illustration um I started doing the children's book work which I really enjoy a lot but I was painfully shy and I got asked I got contacted by this children's book uh festival to come read my book maybe do a drawing and present and they were going to pay very nicely for four hours worth of work and I couldn't do it I I said, no, I couldn't do it. I was painfully shy. I just was like horrified. I was like, I have to speak to people. And it's like, I was like, she's just like, oh, there's just a couple of sessions. You just read the book. We'd love to have you. We really like the book. And uh, you could sell your books. 
and I just, I said no. And it was because of teaching. I don't regret going into teaching. It was a great, at the time, um, I have my son and he was very young and, um, and I really enjoyed the times that I had tried teaching and it was a good time, but because of the teaching, I am more comfortable talking to a group of people. Um, I can start a conversation with just about anybody. And I think that's one of the nice things about teaching. It's about relationships. It's about building those connections with people who, who may or may not have that similar interest in art, but it's just kind of getting to understand them as a people and their stories and, that is one of the gifts that I got from being a teacher to be able to say, Hey, I made this. And before I just didn't have any confidence. I was like, Oh, why would anybody want to pay me for, you know, I would just, I'm painfully shy. And I was like, why would anybody want to listen to me? Why would a bunch of kids want to listen to me? And then you do it for 11 years and you go like, "Uh, you can be interesting enough. You can tell enough stories and you can ask enough questions. And, and, uh, it's, it's, it's part of that part of teaching I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, those connections that you built. Yeah. And I think also with, when it comes to, like, if you're talking about art, yeah. because it's like everybody has a different experience with yeah. it, it creates, um, you know, it's always a unique conversation with somebody when it comes about art because everybody is going to say something different. And mm-hmm. no matter what you say, it's going to be engaging because mm-hmm. then you're going to, discover something about yourself that you didn't know and discover something about the other person that you didn't know when it comes to like talking about art even if you like known that person for a long time like i have uh-huh. my friends and my colleagues who are oh, yeah. who, who, who's been with me in the studio and we're constantly talking about like you know the arts now that we're doing and it's it's very surprising to see how some of us like have changed in the, in the aesthetic and like thinking method and and that just comes from learning, really. And you're always surprised, even even like when you when you're familiar with your like friend's work, for mm-hmm. example, and you see them create new art, you're still amazed by it, even though you kind of kind of expected something like this would happen, but mm-hmm. it's still in a, in a different new way. And that's the beauty of creativity uh, with when it comes to art. And um, yeah, you're you're always learning something new, really. You know, that's that's the best part about it. That's great. Oh, and I forgot to ask you this question. What is the most indispensable item in your studio that you cannot live without? Oh, man. (laughs) Dispensable item. Well, I guess my tools, they can be dispensable, Uh but indispensable. I would say uh, the very first painting I did. I think that's something that kind of started it all so in a way that's something i could never you know toss away so yeah that would be the very first painting nice so i have this last question it's a deep question and it's kind of at the end of your life you've made all the art that you've wanted and you've lived a full life if there could be nothing left behind of your existence but a note with your you've written three final truths, what would those truths be? Mm. So one of them is, I think would be something that my, my, my teacher from high school used to mm-hmm. always tell me, is um, aim to make mistakes. I think mm-hmm. that's something that I, that I like to do with my work, is to aim to, to never think of it like I'm doing that in the right way, just to aim to make a mistake. So that's one. Um, 
another important thing for me personally is the identity of an artist in their work. So uh-huh. finding your identity, I think, is another one. And to the last one is just to create, you know, just make something. So always create. I think that's important. So it would be those three things. Aim to make mistakes, find your identity, and always create. Wonderful. <laughs> those come to my mind. Well, um, I really am so glad that I contacted you to do this interview. You are such a nice guy, but you're really insightful about the direction you. you want to go with your work. And you're super talented, too, to, to boot. So that was always a big plus. But um, um, thank you so much for being on my podcast. Um, I will post in the description box below um, links to your social media, your Instagram, and then um, so people can check out more of your work. But thank you so much for being on thank here. You. Yeah, thank you so much, Nancy, for this time and you know, being on your podcast. It's been really fun and really great. And uh, I would hope we do this in the future as well. I would look forward to it. Oh, yeah. If later on you're, you, uh, I would love to hear like when you get a teaching position as a professor, which I know you will. Um, to hear how that experience has translated into, because I'm always interested in talking to people about their teaching, more about their teaching experience. So that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you so much again for your time. Okay. Um, Well, folks, this is um, My Creative Life with Nancy Miller. Um, Thank you for listening.